Alright guys, Kane from Garage 11 and here we are back again for a little bit more of a traditional type of our podcast. We we have a, a variation again because we've still a man down and it sort of varies between um, week to week at the moment, but we're getting back into a rhythm. We've got uh, myself and Gozo from Easyway Finance, so we're going to sit in and the two of us are going to have a bit of a chat about... We've got a few cool things to talk about, actually a bit of KDM stuff, a bit of 450 stuff, Pro Motocross, and just a little bit about what we've been doing the week, a little bit of workshop talk, all the general sort of stuff. So big thanks to um, a lot of our supporters and sponsors who helped bring us all of the stuff that you guys hear and, and all the stuff that we can do. You know, we've been working really closely to build up good brand affiliation and that's a big thing for us at the moment with Garage 11, Vision Concepts um, and Easy Way and what we're doing as a unit. So big thanks to um, Heatwave Visuals sunglasses that make some amazing sunglasses and safety glasses. So we're going to be doing a little bit of a thing, a little bit of a reel. We're going to have a look at some of their, their new safety glasses range, which is pretty cool. We got them in the workshop. Um, Modal, make the best oils around, best bike care stuff around. We've got Pirelli Tires, who we've always used and always loved, so they're really helpful and really helping us out at the moment. High flow filters, um, always the probably the most critical part of running a dirt bike is running it in the dirt and keeping that air clean and high flow do that with the air filters and their oil filter range. Um, Elf Racing Fuels, we've all spoken about Elf. You can, we all know what my feeling is on race fuels. Um, so yeah, Elf make the best race fuel around. Um, so yeah, we're going to start by, oh look, Bolt, actually, sorry, Bolt Hardware. They're sort of helping us out a lot as well, which is pretty cool from a restoration point. Um, getting OEM bolts and things like that is, is always not the easiest and bolt really make it very linear to do that. Mm. Um, but we'll have a bit more of a chat about the uh, supporters and sponsors as we go through on the podcast. So, Gozo, how are you, man? What's been going on? Good, man. Flat out. Same old, same old. Yeah, cool. Yeah, been yep. a dad, run dirt bikes and assisting running a company. Same yeah, it's old, never easy. Old. No, it's not. It's never easy. For whatever reason. But yep. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, good, man. We've got uh, a lot of cool stuff happening, obviously, as you know, um, with Garage 11. We've also, we're, we're down Marshall. Fuck, I've got even mentioned Marshall. Yeah, I know. It's we easy to forget. abandoned him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we, we, we all have a fair bit going on as a unit, which is pretty cool. A lot of good stuff. Marshall, obviously, as we all know, has kicked off Vision Concepts mm-hmm. um, from a graphic design point of view for motorcycles and probably other bits and pieces, lifestyle mm-hmm. stuff as well. Um, we, we've kind of talked about that. For ages with Marshall. Yeah. Oh. Like, you know, if some of you know him, he was a tattoo artist. Oh, he's a tattoo artist. But, like, the last few kits, I've had a lot of kits, to be honest. Yeah, you, guys are, you, guys are, you guys are consumers. Yeah, because it's it exciting. To... It's like a new bike when you put new graphics on it. But, uh, like, I've had my bikes. I get him to design them. And then, because, you know, we obviously used a provider that would take a design and just print it. But, yeah, I used, always used to tell him, like, you're that talented with design shit and you know what looks good um you've got to do it just take a punt and make it happen and it's exciting like it's really exciting to to see it all start up and kick start and build up a bit of hype and it's also you know you would have felt it too with the bikes at the track on on sunday there's like a cool sense of pride you know like you're looking after your boy you know yep. you're running his shit it's it's cool it's really yeah, exciting oh, absolutely and because we've been like as as you know you know aiden from crucian he's a very big part of our friendship circle as well mm. there's the sort of four of us um, run pretty closely together. So to have all the bikes unified like that mm. under that sort of, you know, his bike and yours and mine and whatever else, it's really starting to to look good from a visual point of view as well. And it's definitely, um, Marshall's very good at what he does. And he's always, 
Done it the hard way, um, obviously because there there was it sounds like Marshall yeah. um, was a, obviously a lack of infrastructure for like software and and mm. that sort of stuff. And he always could come up with really good design concepts, but able being able to execute them from a, a physical point of view yeah. is, is a different kettle of fish altogether. That has blown my mind in the last few months. Like you know, seeing Marshall and what he's been doing, like uh, the amount of respect I have for all of the graphic designers is just. You know, like I, I go to him and say, oh, carbon would look pretty cool. And he goes, yeah. And he's nearly blown up his laptop trying to get it formatted. And he's yeah, about yeah. to stab me because I keep asking him to do dumb shit that's hard to do. But like, you don't know it. Um, and I guess from more of a personal point of view, you have more of a bit of a different sense of appreciation when you look at the bike now. Because um, of the amount of work that he puts in. And I think with... Uh, I mean, I'm relating it. It's a little bit off topic, but the way that uh, me and my old man and my mum have ran our companies, we're all about doing it for the right reasons and and being real personalised in what we do. Uh, and I think that translates in what we do, and, and it's definitely going to translate in in what Marshall does. Because I think a couple of questions that people give him is like, "What's your difference?" Which is the question you get in business, like you know, with Garage Eleven, like, oh. "What what's the difference between you and?" certain other companies restoration company or an online shop like what's the difference people always want to yeah. know and from a business point of view as well and as you know we're going deep diving on a personal level mm. when it comes to business at the moment but people want to know okay you're starting this up or you're doing this why are you different mm. and you, you've got to have mm. well why am i going to give you money exactly right yeah. you know like just because exactly. it doesn't work that yeah, way yeah. You, just because you, doesn't work nah, after the age of like two no nah, it doesn't <laughs> you have to sort of have you, you have to have that point of difference you have to have a little bit more of you know, personality. You have to have, mm. you know, it's, it's a hard thing. And and as you know, the the graphics industry, there's a lot of guys doing it. And, and that's mm. no disrespect to how easy it is, but there's a lot of guys, because it's not easy, It's there's a lot of guys doing it. Mm. So Marshall's really got that big task of going, okay, what is your point of difference? Mm. And how can you do it differently? Because designs is one thing and and you know i come from a, a an art background as well and and you, you sort of look at it one thing we're always told is nothing will ever be new again mm. and we're sort of going through that a it's little like music man 100 percent. we're going yeah. through that with motocross at the moment and i've touched and on vintage it gear. and vintage gear <laughs> and, and all that sort of stuff nothing will ever be new again and it's very true when it comes to designs for graphics and stuff mm. it's it's one of those things you look at it and you've got to go okay you know i'm going to take this shape of bike and, and I've, we've spoken about this on the podcast before Yamaha always sets the trend for generally changing shape yeah. when they didn't for a very long time. Like if you look at bikes, they all look very sharp, very pointed, mm. very thin, and it's very hard to work. You, it's not like a car where you have an entire Heaps slab of, of space work. to yeah, work no. with. You've got a very limited space to work with to make something unique and catch eye-catching. And straight. actually make it work. Like it's, And I think his background in tattooing, like this is getting real weird, but I think his background in tattooing probably helps him because yep. I've come with him, come up to him with ideas and that because you know he's done pretty much i'm not finished but nearly my whole leg my whole arm and every other tattoo i've got and i'll come up with this whiz bang idea and if you know marshall if he thinks it's fucking stupid oh he'll tell you he'll tell you but and at the time it may sting you but then when he brings up this different design that he had in this idea and he knows you know like my forearm looks nothing like i thought my forearm was going to look or yep. nothing what i asked for it to look like we all obviously agreed on it. I didn't let him draw my skin forever for, with yeah, permission. Yeah. But like, it wasn't what I thought. And then 
now I like it more than the idea I had. And that's because one... he just knows how yeah. that shit works. And I think that touch with graphics, like you know, if you've got a wacky design and you want to do it, he'll do it. But if there's something that he thinks will be will make it better, I know because I know Marshall that he's going to tell the customer, "Hey, man." He's going to tell him what's that's, up. That's sick, but I think with the shape of this or the color of that, I think this would look good. And if you ever go to him and he, if he ever comes back to you and says, hey, man, I got an idea, just listen to it. Yeah. Like, and yeah. look, to be fair, Marshall will tell you. And if you're sensitive, great. That's your problem. <laughs> yeah. um, that's how it sort of works with Marshall. But That's it, the business training. We're like, okay, we're going to teach you some yeah, customer, yeah, exactly. some customer service. <laughs> but it goes both ways because if you tell him no, that like if, if he comes up with a design and like we're all going to give him praise and tell him that it's great and it's warm and fuzzy and he's doing a sick job now. Yeah. But if he comes up with a design, you tell him it's shit. He's going to go, okay, cheers. And he'll yeah. go back and yeah. he'll go away and adjust it. Yeah. He's not. It's not a one-way street when it comes to feedback for Marshall. Mm. Um, so that's really good. And, and Vision's definitely going to start growing and start seeing a lot more of it. Mm. Um, obviously, Garage Eleven and Vision are going to be working pretty much in parallels with each other, which will be really nice. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really cool. And that 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 project for him is going to be yeah. absolutely it's amazing. Exciting. We got to see a little little bit of the website today. A little bit of what's going on. I've yep. seen pretty much all the designs that he's got going on. So yeah, yeah. Can't divulge anything. No, um, no, but yeah, no, it's it's looking exciting. But yeah, Trailgun, we had um, yeah, riding on the weekend. We're sort of yeah. <coughs> you've been no, your old man was away. Yeah, old man was overseas. That's right. So we when was the last time we would have ridden? Because you we didn't ride last rode together. So park last, four would have been yeah, when we were all four. together. Yeah, and I learned how to scrub. Dude, little, that was the best ride of my entire life, and I got photographic evidence. I'm pretty much gonna make wallpapers in my room. Of there this, you go. The yeah, one your own posters. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, that, that was a good day out. That was a good day out, actually, because Boydie, as we know, um, is very passionate about his track preparation, mm. and you're always getting Boydie's best, considering what he's dealing with with either weather conditions yeah. or he does a shitload of work, man. He yeah. And that, like, even for me, like that was I was on my my two fifty four stroke and. So the big step up down the back and that jump, like I'm not a confident jumper um, by any means, but the traction and the tack that was in the ground on the soil last Dude, weekend or a couple of weekends ago was unreal. I think all of us on big ball bikes sent it to like the face of the next table. Yeah, and that's the sketchy the first thing. Track, I was like, holy shit, I took off. I'm like, oh. and my new two weeks before that, I kind of sent a table at Trelgan. About 400 meters. I still don't know long. how you did that. Yeah, neither do I, but it hurt. But I, yeah, I, I was, have no idea. That was. Yeah, this, uh, yeah I, I was over, I was coming around someone and just. I uh, thought it was the tabletop afterwards. Because the tabletop afterwards, I can see. Yeah, that one's smaller, but the. Because that's what everyone said. Because if anyone's ridden at Trialga and that sort of weird main table, they don't really have a main table. They don't have many jumps there, but that long, the longest tabletop on the track. Yep. It's like weird and i don't know if it's the lip doesn't give you much pop or much length but you got to hit it faster than you'd think you'd need to because it's not big you got to carry momentum out of the turn you've got to be like okay i'm jumping that's what ethan said to me as well when i was struggling to get over on the 250 you've got to commit to it and you've got to start gaining that momentum dean mosey i wrote at btf um matt bedford's joint and that was the same thing he's got a couple of doozies on that track and frame cased a couple times he's like you gotta he goes you're looking at the jump after the corner you have to like the corner is a part of the jump. Yeah, if and that's exactly right. From there, you ain't making it. Yeah, because if you're not getting your entry speed and your roll yeah. speed and everything set and your speed coming yeah, out, it, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know how the hell that happened. Like, I must have hit it at light speed or hit a kicker. I don't remember. 
Well, I don't know going does, super long. does have a couple of knuckles in the up ramps. Yeah, weird ones. Yeah. Like, like weird ones. It's like they almost need to... I know Taraugan... Sick no, track. Sick track. No, like, pro- no, absolutely. Probably one of my favorite tracks mm. in the state um, outside of the ride parks and stuff mm. like that. But definitely some of those up ramps at the very... Like at the last minute where you don't want it, there's Bonk. like a divot. You're yeah. like, <laughs> you like, it, it, it pops yeah, you through. Pops um, but yeah, I think... Um, you know what the difference is, I think, as well? We ride at public tracks a lot and it's very uh rare that we go to like a, a club track where yep. it's, it's raced and there's more racier dudes that are there yeah and i think the track develops different like one thing i noticed were braking bumps super different to a, a public track oh. super different like you know by the end of the day it wasn't crazy rough by any stretch but like they develop way different accelerating bumps i think is probably the biggest thing i think you notice taraugan accelerating bumps as you sort of climbing because it has some undulation to it which is really nice mm. but so out of some of those bolt turns like you know those two little tabos yeah, and you go yeah. around that corner outside of there like where you've got big accelerating straights mm. obviously you're going to get accelerating bumps but you they're more def- pronounced they are yeah. they're not as like at boydies they become very jittery like yeah, they're, they're yeah. almost like i get what you mean yeah, yeah. and same with the braking um the accelerating bumps and braking bumps both become very jittery and very yeah. small and frequent. Whereas on some of those motocross tracks, they become a lot bigger, longer, longer, longer almost. Yeah. They become almost like little rollers that yeah. you've got to sort of wheelie across them yeah. or through them. hundred um, percent. But no, Taralgon. And that's one thing we sort of spoke about a little while ago was hitting more motocross tracks and mm. getting away from the ride parks. Yeah. Cause like, you know, we go to the same joints pretty frequently and that's all good, but you know, you can only ride the same places so many times before yeah. you you know reset your sort of your playlist on tracks. Yeah. So it's been good, you know, a track I want to get to not on a race day is definitely one thaggy. I want to get out there because I rode. I feel like you're I the only person that in the state that actually ever says no, that. Says that. I I rode there when I was fifteen, sixteen. I knocked. I did knock myself out that day. But yeah. You get pretty what, wild there. Yeah. I funny. We had, I did like a training session with Joe Stevens um, back then. And it was a week before the nationals, and they like prepped the whoops, the rollers for the nationals. So they were huge. And like I'm five foot five as it is. So you're as deep as the roller. Oh, bro, they were so tall. Oh, like man. it was nuts. And like, yeah, I ended up knocking myself out on the rollers. But I loved that track. Like the dirt there is pretty sick. I it's a little bit you... sandy because it lives in a coast. It's in a coastal mm, environment. Yeah, it's like it's a weird mix. It's like a mix of. Tralgan Cruzix and I don't know like it's it's weird, weird. It, yeah, it's yeah. sick though I, I really rate it but like that track talking about ruts like that on even the Gippies even like that gets rutted we yeah, were Gippies for God's sake the only time I've ever been to one thaggy was obviously when we had the unfortunate race meeting mm. this year for the MX yeah. Oz MX um, and even then you sort of watch the track develop for the short racing we had that day even and yeah. it was like Wow, Got pretty gnarly, pretty dude. Cool. Well, like, dude, I was looking at um, you know Nathan Crawford. He put up stories today um, of Queensland Moto Park and the ruts because I watched it. Yeah, um, huge. Man, the TV doesn't know justice. No, I think like, that's the biggest is, thing with. I ruts. wouldn't even walk the up ramps. Yeah, let alone ride a bike through the ruts on the up ramps. And that's the thing I think when you look at track development on a race day, you know, and we spoke about you know ride park and its mm. new features and stuff like that and and you do get races there and fast guys there but that's not a motocross track mm. does that make sense if yeah no i know what you mean is it there is a i think there's a is a difference yeah like you look at like a race day it gets three sessions 30 minutes she gets beat up it, it gets a lot of traffic in mm. a very short period of time um 
And that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, like you say, we go to ride parks on the weekly. We go to Boydies. Mm. Uh, we go to Cruzix, mm. you know, and, and that sort of stuff. But to go away when there is an open day, I always say to people, you know, if there is an open day and you, you know, we're down. Go for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it gives you a whole nother, you have to go to a track. Learn it. Because there's a skill set in learning yeah. a track fast. 100%. You know, the fast guys can learn it in a lap. Yeah. Those of us that aren't fast, it, it takes me a day or two. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, you go and do a million laps at Boydies, you know yeah. roughly what you're going to be in for. Obviously, it changes exactly. day to day, but you yeah. know what you're going to be in for. But now, Taralgon is one of those places where you know why it's popular. Mm. You know, like, you can see why it's like, fun, how the popularity. Man. Oh, it's, it's fun, so and much there's fun. nothing there that's like hyper sketchy. You know, like, there's some tracks where there's, there'll be like, there's one, always one jump. There's always one. Like, where, like, me and Kane are probably like, with Marshall not here, it's actually nice because. I'm starting to get more confident. We're not the most confident jumpers no, in the world. No. And like you go to some tracks and until, so I had a few bad stacks when I was younger off jumps and it kind of ruined my head a bit. Yeah. Like oh, dude. It, um, and until I got over that, it's still like in the back of your head every now and then there's always, and when you're not jumping every jump on the track, it just sucks the life out yeah. of the jump. So Trailgun's one of those tracks where like nothing's big. It's a fun track. And see, like for me, I, I went complete opposite. I was in that, I grew up in that generation where freestyle was just kicking off and I always wanted to do that. So I actually learned <laughs> to jump on ramps. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've got the, like when I was about 13, 14, I got photos of us jumping ramps. I'd never hit dirt before, <laughs> but I'd jump ramps. And you're scared of dirt. And then the dude, first. You couldn't pay me to jump on a ramp. Dude, the first, you couldn't now. I look at those ramps now and I look at those photos. You know when you th- sort of think, like, well, I, I mean, as, you know, a little bit older than yourself, I sort of look back and go, and you couldn't pay me to do that now. Like at no. 13, like my dad was obviously there and he was sketching out because he's yeah, like, what's going to happen? I've got to explain yeah. this to Mark. My dad sketches out and thinks I'm <laughs> as fast as Jet Lawrence and yeah, I am yeah. moving shit. I think, that's, I think that's a dad thing. <laughs> yeah, biggest fan. Um, but jump, my very first dirt jump, I was wound up in the back of an ambulance because I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that sort, of, that sort of set my whole <laughs> life trajectory, trajectory for jumping. Just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I did that typical off the back seat. Yeah, right. Committed to it at the last minute yeah. and just landed on my face, like oh. upside down. Main tabletop of the track at Gilman in South Australia. Um, but, the nationals, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like jumping, and it's good. That's why I like going to Cruzix. And Cruzix doesn't have massive jumps, but even just to go to the vet track and not have to worry about jumps, mm. you literally, like, it's some of the. Like, Dude, a that lot place of the, makes me think about off road. Like, Dude, there. I know, and it's good because we can talk about this because Marshall isn't mm-hmm. here, so he can get fucked. Because um, he loves jumping. This but is a judgment free zone. Yeah, this, this a is ju- a, a jumpment free zone, if you will. <laughs> this is a happy space. Yeah. Um, it's a safe space. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do a. Uh, we're either going to do a bit of grass track racing this year. Like yeah, vet too. grass track. Like, it's yeah. just. You don't have to worry because the jumps do add an element of sketch if you're not confident on them. And if you're racing as well. Yeah, dude, 100%. And to just go in and just do ruts and corners and just straights where you can just think about becoming, yeah. Wide open, set up for the corner, go again. And you can sort of not switch off, but you're not pumped up, you're not wound up, you you can really sit into That anxiety is sort of not there. Yeah. Like, you know, mine's starting to go away pretty well now, but it's still there. Like, it took me a little bit to jump that jump and it wasn't even big. I'm just like, just do it. How fast I got to hit this thing? And like, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. And like, it took a little bit, but like, I, I, I listen to Marshall and sometimes like, yeah, no, I just jump it to flat and it is what it is. Like in my head, I'm like, fuck that. If I don't grease it, I ain't doing it. Like, it's just. No. And that's, and that's <laughs> the thing as well. Like, and I think for me, every time I jump, I only know 
I have a 60% idea on what's going to actually be the outcome. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't have yeah. the full picture or even most of the picture. And that's what sort of mm. makes it so sketchy. It's like I still, you know, watching AJ's videos and his, his tutorials sort of help a lot, mm. and, you know, for, for people learning. But you sort of hit those jumps and like I, I know roughly what I'm doing, but at the, the very face of the jump, you sort of, you go oh, that shit. mental brain yeah, fade. Yeah, like, yeah. well, I don't, I, I'm not set up properly for this. One thing that... um helped me a lot and if there's anyone listening that's sort of in the same boat if you're worried about the length what i've started doing if you like you have a fear of it i think it kind of works if you have a fear of it. if you don't have a fear of jumping you're probably just going to go long but i noticed when i started getting some confidence in hitting jumps they'd be like yeah no nah, it's fourth wide i'd be like yeah i'm doing fourth wide i'm not doing fourth wide no. so like i now i kind of pepper it a little bit more than yeah. what my brain is originally telling me I still and I usually grease it because I, I feel like if you have a fear, your brain's probably going to stop you. Like you know, like you can't bite through your finger. Yeah. Like your brain shuts off. Yeah. All power to your teeth. Yeah. So like I feel like it's the same sort of concept on a jump where like if you're scared to hit it, your brain's probably going to block out that speed that you probably need to go to. And, and that's, that's what helped me out at Rye Park. Oh, like, dude. Yeah. And, you know, like people say fourth wide. I would think that there's probably very few people that say that mm. that are actually fourth wide. Because fourth wide is going to send you to the fucking moon. Is on the stopper. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're literally wrist you're, round You, you hear on. the rev limiter when your rear wheel takes yeah. off the ramp. Like yeah. no, no one's doing that shit. It's the, real hard. The, there's a the, difference. The, 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 the real fast guys, yeah, cool. But, mm. you know, like I know on my Zook, um, when I was writing that, you know, I thought I was fourth or fifth wide, but there's always that little bit more. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. definitely always that little bit 100%. more. 100%. And I think as well, and we this is going to open up a, a nice discussion, I think, for a lot of people listening, is that 250s are not necessarily a not-so-confident rider's bike. No. Like, I, I know that now, like pretty... I knew that. I've known that for a long time because if, if anyone rides bikes long enough, like say like a 125, right? It's ironic because it's like a junior bike and it's slow. It's not for someone that doesn't flog the shit out of their bike because all their power is made up here. Oh. And it's the same thing for a 250. It makes bugger all down low. All its power is made when you're revving its tits off. So I think that's a, like a misconception with some people. Um... But then the thing that, you know, we're going to touch on now is that if you don't like a Euro bike and a 450 seems terrifying, you've got nowhere to go unless you go to Euro, you get a 350. Like I, I, and what will divulge very shortly is that I'm leaning onto the 450 train and as of like one more week, I'm going to be back on a 450. And that's, and we've spoken about this and we've had this conversation. Look, I grew up on 125s. I'd never rode a 252 stroke even mm. as a as a uh, I've ridden one uh, once. Yeah, it's me, yeah. yeah. And and you know, I never had owned 450s. I'd always been a 250F or a 125 guy and that came from a place of okay, the smaller bike, it's not going to be as sketchy and I'm I'm not as quick as I need to be. So I don't mm. need a 450. I've always been that believer and, that And don't get me wrong, like there's this truth to that. Like a, a 250 there is. won't bite you on the ass like a 450 will. Like, no. I'm not saying that. There's a public disclaimer before someone yeah, yeah, goes yeah. and fucking axes himself oh, on a 450. Dude. <laughs> and that's the thing like and you know we're we're sort of going into a topic now which we've actually now had or I've had experience in and mm. and actually you know we spoke about and I went out and bought a 450. I'm like okay, well where are we at here because riding mm. that 250F that you everything you have to ride it so hard to get it to go mm. that you're always at the 
edge of what you're capable of doing. So you can never get the best out 100%. of it. And there's and people ride in certain ways and it's not like you have you know like riding styles, right? And people are probably gonna roll their eyes. Everyone has one. And this is and I can relate it to fighting, right? I was never a professional fighter. I was a, probably an okay amateur person. Yeah. But everyone, even amateurs that have been doing it for six months, have their own style. Yeah. Like for an example it's like I handwriting. Started, dude, like I started in Muay Thai, right? I don't like standing very up straight like a traditional Thai boxer. And my first coach gave me so much shit for it. And I ended up changing gyms and the coach I worked with, I have a wider stance. And then it translated to MMA. And that's what the style that I like to fight. Yep. Like it's just, it's different. Everyone's yep. different. And then for riding, there's some people that like to be on the pipe all the time, probably in a lower gear, but they just, they're hard on it all the time. Yeah. And then there's people that like to just put it in like the low to medium to sort of semi-high rev range, don't rev the tits out of a bike. Yeah. Sort of like a jet line. Not to say that we ride like jet lines. But like no, yeah, but a it's a more... Hayden Deegan, jet lines. Totally different. Dudes both shred, but totally different ride style. And, and amateurs are like that too. Oh, 100%. Like hobbyists are like that too. Everyone will have their own way of doing things. And whether it's the be- the right way or the wrong way, it, mm. you've still got it's your... It's reality. It's reality. You, you ride still- once a weekend. You ain't changing your style for the next fucking eight years unless you do classes. Like no. you just get locked into habits. And th- and that's exactly right. And for me... Not to say you don't try and break the habits, but... But yeah. you, you, you do. And yeah. and for me, it was, you know, I needed to... I wasn't riding the 250 hard enough because I, I, I didn't have the confidence to. Because B, when you're riding a 250 hard, you're stretching that chassis out. And if you hit a bump, it mm. just unloads and unsettles. But you've mm. got to be prepared for that. Mm. I'm not. So, you know, I rode Ethan's 450 and I was always brought up with this fear of bigger bike. Not so fear, I, but it's like this thing's going to bite. Like the minute I turn it, it's, it's just going to run take away. Off. It's like my, yep. my old man's like that. Like you yep. say 450 and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my, no way. That's no. for Tomac and only yeah, Tomac. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, like, and, but that's, my old man's the same too. 100%. And until you ride one, I, and the thing is, they are rockets. Oh. Like, they move. They are fucking rocket ships. Yeah, like, I had a conversation with my dad because um, the whole point of this topic is I, uh, obviously Kane bought a 450 and I rode a 23 YZ 450. Thank you, Aiden. Um, I think Aiden's getting a kickback from CDR. Oh, Aiden's definitely getting a kickback because I'm picking up <laughs> that 450 a, next He's week. on a commission basis there no with shit. old Jacker for sure. But um, like I said to him, I go, no, it's very linear and it's very smooth. And dad's like, oh, yeah, me, no, no, right. I go, hang on. It's still a 450. Yeah. And I I used the example. There was a corner um, at Traralgon that I was hitting. And on the 350, second was too low of a gear because it was too soft. Um, But third, you kind of need to clutch the bastard a little bit just to kind of pull out. Yeah. And um, so I was in that habit. I've done 100 million laps on the 350. And I jumped on the YZ my first lap. And dude, the thing took off the ground. The thing was in the air. Like I used the clutch and I was like, Oh shit! It's actually pushed no, power no, down. No, 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 no! I don't need to do that. No. And then the next few laps, I didn't do it, and it was perfect. And that was and a, it's just training your brain. And that was the thing. Like I bought a Cowie because obviously I'm a, I'm a Honda Cowie guy, but you know I always like the Cowie stuff. Obviously being a big Pro Circuit fan. Um, so we G11 bought eleven logos green too. Exactly right. <laughs> um, it's actually Cowie green. Um, so you know KX450 came up. I'm not a new new bike purchaser at the moment, so we mm. found a low hour. KX, you know, 2020 model, 10 hours on it, which was nice. Um, did all the checks that we spoke about in a couple of episodes ago when you're doing, you're trying to buy secondhand bikes responsibly. And look, 
it made me a better rider because all of a sudden I wasn't focusing on winding this thing up to get it to go forward. I was focusing mm. on getting into the inside rut, you know, focusing where my body was. And to be Not honest... stopping it, stalling in a corner. Yeah, know, like and, and it wasn't wild. Like it was... You're, you can achieve... Obviously, I'm not as fast on it as I was the 250 yet because mm. only like day two on it. We, we've got to do the suspension because there's a few cowie issues with the suspension, mm. um, which we'll get on to this week. But man, like you could just drop it into a rut and you've got to be sensible with it. You know, you don't just no, go full hero and just grab yeah. the throttle because it'll bite you like yeah, anything will. 100%. But you can get into the inside. You can use that engine inertia to keep you balanced on the lean mm. a lot easier and it and it just tracks and, and off you go. Like it was it was definitely a night and day experience for me. Yeah. All of a sudden my riding, I was, like I said, focusing on the stuff I should You're be. You're not fighting the bike, you're riding it. There's 100%. a big difference. There's a huge difference. And if you, if you, uh, I hold on with my legs a lot. Like mm. I really squeeze hard with my legs, which is obviously a one of my only healthy, natural, <laughs> naturally occurring <laughs> habits when it comes to riding. It's like a death <laughs> And that's the thing. So I can, I can take a breath and I can let my hands go. So you mm. do get that pain in your hands because obviously you're, you're holding on to it. Is you and, are dealing with more torque. You yeah. are dealing with more motorcycle. That's but, for sure. But I think what a good thing is is. And it's like, I, I relate everything to other sports. When you're training with someone who's a better fighter than you or hits harder than you, you become, okay, my footwork has to be better. Yep. And then my head movement has to be better. Yep. So then everything else gets better. It's a so, natural progression. Exactly. So like, in, I, I jumped on this YZ, um, I've been banging on about it for ages and I've always joked around uh, with the boys and I've said, I don't want to ride a YZ 450 because I've heard way too many good things yep. and I've spent way too many pelicans on the 350 and we're going to go into that shortly yeah. as well anyway so i jump on this thing and i just realized and you've ridden with me for a, a long time now um and so has aiden and, and marshall now and, and when it gets wet and greasy i'm actually when i ride patiently i'm a lot better yeah than when i'm on the pipe like a lot yep. better a shitload better and it frustrates and i'm starting to now roll back into being more patient and then jumping on the 450 when i don't have to have the thing revving because a lot of things a lot of people don't know about the 350 is that yes it's not a 250 but that bitch likes to be revved like oh, it's it, it's a it's an unreal bike i ain't shit talking it i'm not saying it's underpowered but it likes being revved i'm gonna say i'm not liking it but it's going to be a similar situation to that husky that i had you know as a 125 mm. we obviously put a, a a genuine 150 top end on mm. it and all of a sudden you had to be a wasn't just a little bit of a dude 150 big boys people fuck they Twenty. It's not twenty five cc's. It feels like you're riding like a two hundred to a two twenty five. Yeah. Cc bike. Like and it's, it's all different. in that. And you got to be able to ride. It. And I think the three fifty. Like Marshall can ride his quite well, and that's adapted mm. to him. He's adapted to that really, really well. nicely. But I think the three fifty. You're still in that same pocket you are with you a two fifty. Yeah. But you've got more yeah. for it to bite you again. Mm. So you're ultimately just because the numbers are smaller doesn't mean to say they're more rideable. Yeah, and I do think. And this goes back to the, the way people ride is that if you like being on the pipe and you don't want a 450 because if you're on the pipe on a 450, that bitch is going to... You're moving. It. Yeah, yeah, you're moving. But like the 350 is unreal. But what I realized when I was riding that 450, I'm like, dude, I'm riding more patient. I'm going so much smoother. And I think I'm a heavier dude. Like in the in the sport of motocross, riders are generally little... They're dudes. jockeys. They're 70, like 80 kilos. 65, 70, 75 kilos. 
that ain't me. No. Like I'm 92 kilos and yep. I'm short. So it's a weird, it's a weird mix. Buying pants is difficult. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I think with the weight, my, I don't know if it was just the, the 450 chassis, the 450 weight and my weight, it just really, really gelled. Yeah. Like everything felt smooth and I'm riding someone else's bike. Like it really took me off like, that's I, I was, always the hardest thing when you go like someone's like yeah, ride, ride I, my bike I don't know if it's good or if it's just, like it may be shit or your suspension is for you so it ain't gonna work for me yep. and that was what really smacked me upside the head in like and as a lot of KDM owners will know and if you ride a lot you're gonna do it your cartridge convert them so you piss off five grand then you put a bladder kit in the shock then you're pissing off a couple hundred bucks then and, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're changing spring rate and just to get this comfort that I've jumped on someone else's bike, yep, which is brand new, so the chassis's not running, so it should be rigid. And like I was joking around with Aiden, I think it rode nicer for me. Like he was saying that the front end didn't feel um, stable and safe, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Things wild. I was throwing. I was like, "This is unreal." Yeah, like I've never ridden a better bike. And see, that's the thing, and and like we we'll talk we'll talk about the cult that is KTM shortly. But you do you you go into a Euro zone, and I've never really been comfortable on Euro bikes. And we we had the Husky, and and that was great and whatever else, but it still didn't feel home. I've always believed that the Japanese, even the Suzuki stuff. Like I know everyone hates on Suzuki, whatever. Like you if you can put that, if you can put that, it's funny. yeah, it's funny. But if you can <laughs> if you can take away that mentality and look at it from a, a general manufacturing point of view, the Japanese have always made very good bikes, mm. very good two-strokes and ve- and very good four-stroke machines. So, you know, you, you jump on a bike, it's, you, and like I said to you, you always get on someone else's bike and you're like, yeah, something's weird. This, is, this isn't for me because you yeah. do, you get very comfortable with your bike mm. and you spend those first few weeks acclimatizing to it. But once you're set, then it's like, you're, oh, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And one thing my dad always taught me is you never ride someone else's stuff because you never like it's always a, a, a an open door for a soured relationship yeah, if something 100%. goes wrong. But obviously we have a very tight, tight group of, mm. of of circle, so we can't go, go grab to... his four fifty and try and set world records. On no, the thing. Like, you, you ride, ride it, it responsibly. Exactly right, because it's not yours. But you know, like it's one of those things, and you do you go out and buy a Eurobike, and you are literally. Five grand deep before you've got it. You're taking out a mortgage when you buy a Eurobike. Yeah, and it's and the, and I think we can probably get on the topic. Now. I, th- I think we can. I mean, we've touched on it loosely before, but you know, if you want to be on a KTM as a vet rider or as a general every weekend warrior, the suspension that comes in it Mm-mm. is not for you. That's for a fast person, mm. if that makes sense. Because it's stiff, it's rigid, it doesn't comply. You really need to and, push hard on it. And if you're not like, it's common to. We live in a bubble where we go riding, we talk about riding, we go home, we talk about riding, we look up bikes, we're in the industry. It's seven days so, a week. So like you hear about a cartridge conversion, like, oh, that fixed that, this is that. Oh, the reason it does this is an air fork or whatever. We know, but say like my old man, right? He, if he didn't have me, he'd still be riding bikes. Like he yeah. fucking loves bikes. He has the passion for dirt bikes. That's It's so pure because he doesn't get caught up in shit. Yeah. But like he... um. He wouldn't know why a KDM's handling like that. You just assume that bikes handle like that. And I was brought up the same way. If that that is a modern motorcycle, KDM mm. have put millions of dollars into its development. Why mm. did I know better than them? Exactly. And I think um, wh- <laughs> I used the example to you today. I said I'm starting to think that KDM 
is like an iPhone. Yep. Because it's and this isn't saying KDMs are shit. No, they're fantastic. All, they're because fantastic dude, like motorcycle. I still love that three fifty. It's a great bike. High quality but, motorcycle. But I said I, I'd said to you, like, iPhone bring out a new phone. There's some problems with them all the time. Like we know the battery shit. We know the phones the, the screens crack. We know it's gonna die in two years. We know it's yep. di- like you just accept these things and then when a new one comes out or your phone dies, you just get an iPhone. Yeah. He's like, I've had an iPhone, so I'm saying an iPhone. Yeah. So then I've for the context, cult of Apple. Yeah, and for context, I've been on a KDM since 2015. Yep. So they came out back then. They were the ready to race thing, and then they had a hydraulic clutch and this and that. And so I got one, and then I got another one, and then I got another one. And because I'd had one, I got another one. Yep. Because I had one, I got another one. And then all from 15 all the way to 23, all I've known is orange. And because I've gotten comfy on them, to a degree. I just assume that they're better than every other bike. And, you just and go, Japan, of all nations, don't know how to make a good dirt bike. Yeah, yeah. And then getting on that Yamaha, I literally, it was the dumbest fucking realization I've ever had. And I literally was riding, I'm thinking, holy shit, there are other dirt bikes. And that's the big thing. I mean, for me, I've always been, and my parents will be the big, my wife, my darling wife, I feel sorry for her. <laughs> She'll be the one that contests with this. I'll wake up one day, I want a cowie. Marshall will be the biggest one. He's going to say backflip. He's, I can yeah, hear him Captain saying backflip, Captain yeah. backflip right now. I'll see a cowie one day and go, yep, cool, I want that. Three weeks later, I'll be like, fuck, those Hondas look cool. I want one of those. Not that I can actually cycle through mm-hmm. and buy them, but I've always had those different bikes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having an Austrian heritage, my dad always was on orange. Mm. So it's, you do, you find yourself in that little culty space and you've just got to go to the track and there's so many KTMs out. Yeah, like they're everywhere. Yeah. But the the whole Blue Crew thing is becoming... A cult again. A cult like you're going to have another cult. Yeah, exactly right. I swap, I swap cults. <laughs> but sometimes you've literally got to drag yourself out of one way of thinking and, and then try something. try something different. Yeah. You know, like right. I would recommend people who are not fast and not overly confident go and ride an rmz because you'll probably find it's one of the most comfortable bikes you've ever ridden yeah like i haven't ridden yours but i've had an rmz in the past before i got a kdm and dude still to this day probably the best handling bike yeah oh dude you know like if you can get over the kickstart shit and because you know what people do they look at oh this has less horsepower oh this doesn't have a kickstart they don't know what to do with the horsepower it's got let alone worrying about where the seat that it doesn't have is yeah exactly like they're just they're good bikes and the thing is, and I said to my dad, I go, we've spent the last eight years forgetting that Japan know how to make dirt bikes. Yeah. Like, they, they, know, they started it. They know what they're doing. They know what's and, up. And jumping on that Yamaha was just like, holy hell. Yeah. And mind you, this 23 is, it's not just because I'm riding something different. It's a fantastic bike. Oh, dude. Like, the, the reviews this thing's got, and everyone I know that's had one, I've never heard a negative thing. And, like, I'm not bashing KDM, but everyone that's got one, We've all had our oh, fucking can't get the front to set. I can't get the rear to set. I can't get this. Like everyone's, but you deal with it and you find a fix for it. It may cost a couple of grand. But KDM's new off-road series has cartridge forks in exactly. it. Exactly. So, so they're, they're moving back. I, I have a feeling that shit. I have a feeling they put a heap of time and money and energy into this air fork idea. They tooled up for it. They then realized that it was probably a sinking yeah. ship. They go, okay, we've got this amount of we've supply. We've got to get through all this, finish up development, and then we can go through with the WP developed 6,500 cartridge yeah. as a stock option. Exactly. So then Cruise Tune's got to find something else. Yeah, I'm sure Dave will be able to <laughs> fizz something up that he can sell. Yeah, he'll make something. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I, 
the that why is it like it's it's funny and we, we talked about it but there's just little things that you you forget about then you jump on a different bike and you're like oh right like what's the um the worst for this but this metal they use for kdms is chromoly and then the metal they use for aluminium right yep so i haven't ridden a bike on an aluminium chassis since i was 15 yep so then jumping on that, I was like, holy, like... It's to, it's a different... This it's is different, so different. Yeah. Like, this is so different. And and then, you know, it has a cable clutch, doesn't have a hydraulic. And in my head, This I'm was like, an interesting one for me, hearing you say this, because obviously I've had, you know, mm. RMZ and I've got... The Husky had a, a hydraulic, but I never, we didn't spend a lot of time on the Husky. We spent mm. 40 hours in three years. Yeah. Um, you know, the RMZ is a, is a cable clutch. My little CR is cable clutch. Everything I've had has been cable. cable. But it's interesting hearing you say this coming from hydraulic to cable, saying yeah. that you actually preferred the feeling yeah. of cable. Dude, 100%. Like, I, I had a giggle. I was like, what the fuck? What is this? Where's the, where's the reservoir gone? Yeah. It's, it's like a car. If it's in service and it's running well and it's new cables and fresh, yeah. they're, they're not and bad. The, and the thing I noticed was, like, I had more feel. Yeah. Like, I feel like with the KDM, it was either on or off. There was no, like, you can't ride it and you probably shouldn't ride it but there's situations where you kind of need to oh, and that extra feeling was like oh okay i can feel that a bit more now that's good yeah and it's one of those things where kdm have they've built a fantastic brand on ready to race ready to race ready to race but, but we spoke about the ready to race thing today you know KTM's sales pitch i remember when dad was buying them and, and whatnot was you know, I was talking to Whitey from Davies Motorsport a little while ago and he was saying how much money they were able to save as a, as a smaller race team. Not, mm. you know, they're still a, 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 a fairly large unit, but Ready to Race was KTM's sales pitch. Mm. So they came with fat bars. They came with the, the cauliflower rotors. They came with the Brembos. They came with all hydraulic the clutch, stuff, everything. hydraulic clutch, all that stuff. The Japanese were fairly standard Nissan calipers, round standard discs, steel bars, Mm. really shitty rubber grips, (laughs) all that stuff. But now, there's that's not a thing anymore. The gap's not there anymore. No, I don't see the justification and the cost Mm. of a KTM. When if you are into it and want to do suspension properly, you've got to put more money. You're putting five grand on top of a bike that's fifteen, <laughs> what, fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars. Me and my old man were having a laugh. We looked at the YZ for the twenty twenty four cost, and it was like fifteen grand. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh my god, fifteen grand!" And I go, "Yeah, it is stupid." But you've cost sunk a... seventeen into your Kato. More. Yeah. I've got mine for fourteen and a half, and I've put probably six grand worth of suspension in it. There you go. So it's like, well, I could just get it revalved for a thousand bucks and be done with it. And and that's the, and that's the same thing with the Cowie. It's got the Cowie. Uh, the and the the yammies and same with the hondas because they're on a shower as well mm. great best, internals the best suspension and it was interesting if you read some of the because oh, obviously as a excited new bike owner you always go through an mxa review and that's the thing like my dad rang me when i told him i was looking at a cow and even he's on he's like have you read yeah. this review have you read this review and it, it's a cool like little thing that that you do um and they said it really well so you, you've got a conventional cartridge double spring fork, right? Mm. Let's say it's a shower fork. Mm. There's no difference between the internals of that and the shower A kit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can only develop an A kit so far before yeah. you can't come up with any other ideas. Exactly. So revalve it, code it if you want to make it look cool. So oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're at 1200 bucks there or yeah. half the price of what it would 
for a conversion. For a conversion. Exactly. And you've got the best suspension you could want. Mm. There's 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 nothing else. Yeah, it's one of those things like we, we yeah, we had the chat about today. It almost becomes a cult where you got one so you get another one. And it's not to say they're bad. I'm not saying they're bad bikes. They're great bikes. They like, are. And look, we're going to get grilled by Marshall, I can already tell. Uh, and I don't really care at this point, but yeah, just riding just it. Just keep doing your graphics. Yeah. Let's just look for fucking some little subliminal message. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was super eye-opening. Like, it, it was unreal. Like, I, that bike was the best handling and ironically best turning bike I've ever felt. Yep. And like, I've had Hondas in the past, like before I went orange and shit like that. And still, like, it just, I was doing things on it that I wasn't doing on my Kato when my Kato has been dialed in for, for me. Like it yep. was just, yeah, really eye opening. And thank you, Aiden, but fuck you, Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I, he, when Aiden had his three fifties, like, Oh, you should ride when I was on the RMZ. He's like, I oh, should ride a modern in inverted commas four stroke. I'm like, dude, I ain't riding no modern four. I don't have no KDM money. I ain't riding that thing. <laughs> what well, I don't know, I don't miss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that exactly. theory. And then I rode Ethan's 450. I'm like, Oh shit, oh, shit this is, pretty this good. is bad. But yeah, the 450 thing, man, like, um, <laughs> As we've touched on before, I'm I ride probably better in the wet than I do in the dry. Yeah, and it's because it forces me to be patient, and I'm actually I'm not a fucking idiot when I'm being yep. patient. And your patience, I know it's no disrespect, but patience, especially you're as, always wanting to go quicker and yeah, fun and, just and rush go. it in. Go, yeah, go go go, 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 and that's the and thing. Even as a personality trait, like me well, that's I'm the opposite. I need some of what you have, and you need some of what I exactly, have. You know? Exchange a little yeah. bit. But, <laughs> um, it was just nice to ride the 450 and just play with it and not flog it and then but then it was always fun too when you get on a straight and you can open the thing up you're like holy hell this thing's got some yeah yeah got some power especially through the sand as well and that's why for me it'll be interesting to get the kx out to boydie's honestly boydie's thanks boydie is more like trying to get away from sand (laughs) again it's turning into more of a sand track but like when you go down the back section where it is a hard base yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see what like either like, move yeah like it'll move and and that's probably going to be the great equalizer because sand is almost like a for lack of a better word like a sound deadening for the power yeah, it, it has a a slide you're not getting that one to one return work. the bike yeah. should work more yeah i think a good track for that as well will be pbi it's the public track yeah as much as you don't necessarily love the joint from your experience hurting your knee but yeah um like i'm excited to take the wiser there because there's some flat corners when it's dry that I've never trusted the front end of my bike. Yep. And I've played around, spoken to Aiden, worked on it, gone back, worked on it, gone back. Then I'd love to get this wiser out there and just see, like, how are you, how's it going to handle? Because yep. based off what I felt, because it was it was quite slick at Trelgan, and oh, I just, yeah. you could just trust, like, the trust I had in that bike was so, it was crazy. See, yeah, that's for th- not my bike. I trust you could just trust it. See, I had no, I had a little bit of trust coming from a, a, a motor car racing background. I, I always describe suspension on a motor oversteer, so, understeer. oversteer and understeer. Yeah. Um, and that's all I was getting out of the Cowie mm. um, on at Taraugan. And speaking to Junior and speaking to, to Aiden as well, it's fairly like what I was able to describe was fairly. Typical of, of a of a Cowie mm. bike, so we've got some fairly linear and straightforward approaches to fixing it. Yeah, but the thing is, you what you've got to now try and do, which is the crazy thing with suspension guys, is a suspension guy will always have the best suspension because mm. he set it up yeah. himself. So now you've exactly. got to try and pry that. Like, that what are you that, doing? Yeah, yeah. What, what do you, you got, got in there? Because yeah. that was the um, that was the cool thing, you know, Aiden. 
I think he's probably five kilos lighter than me. Yeah. So not crazy different. Like the the thing that's always sucked. But he's about um, five seconds faster. Yeah, he's more than five. Um, <laughs> Old dad's like, pre- he's pretty he's pretty calculated he, he too. Um, Marshall's a lot lighter than me. He's yep. a little yeah, strong breeze, and he's gone. Little boy. Yeah. Um. So whenever I've ridden his bike, it's always felt like shit because I feel like I'm so to snap it in half. Yeah. Um. So then to ride someone who's a near my weight, but not quite, and that was what I found was cool was. There was a six kilo probably difference between me and Aiden. Yep. And obviously a speed difference. So he likes his a bit stiffer, which probably helped out. How well, it, it counteracted Probably counteracted it, each other. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I said to him, I said the front could be stiffer, um, but the rear was like butter. Yeah, like okay. it was just. And then he said the rear was too hard. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So that's so the. I think the weight over the front probably made me want it stiffer. But I think he even said he wanted it stiffer. But stiffer in the front, softer in the rear. But yeah, it was just. It was fantastic, and there's just something about being on a 450 is fucking cool. It's like just that power that's always there. It's mad, but it was just a great bike. Like I can't. There was nothing I rode. There's nothing that was negative that I felt out of it. Yeah. And what surprised me probably the most is I'm a real stickler for bars. Yeah. Okay. Like I've changed my bars four times on my. But I think once you bars are a funny thing. Once you you find a a, bend. a good bend, you know where um, it would be interesting. Actually, speaking of bars, one of the the companies that we're we're sort of working with and going to be working with Phoenix mm. um, handlebars. They they're sort of going to become pretty big down here. They're in the states mm. at the moment. Um, they do some really good bends they as well. Some short ass bends. I think they do. I think we should be able to to rattle that cage and see if <laughs> we can get a RC program. I'm sure <laughs> on that little boy program. Yeah. Um, they do some really good stuff. But once you get comfortable on a set of bars, mm. you know you can. That's it. It's bars for life. Yeah. You know, Marshall's a triple nine guy. Yeah. You know, and he will have triple nines on everything: vintage, mm. new, old, whatever. You know, I'm probably a nine nine six guy. Yeah. Um, but I'm still in the same zone that you are looking for. Okay, I've got to try and find a bar that I'm, you know, nine two ones, triple nines, nine nine sixes. Like you're trying. Like to what f- is it? Because I found on the, I had a little bit of time with the stock bar. So this is the whole the journey of the KDM bars that I had. I went from what stock, is this stock? Are they stock or pro just, tapers? Or that husky? No, Nissan. No, ne- neck and, oh, are they? Neck yeah, and, okay. Which is I'm pretty sure the same as a stock husky, but I don't know. I, I don't know, but they were the stock Kato bars, and then I went to an RC bend. Yep. And then I went to Twin Walls, their nine nine eights. Yep. No, I think so. Um, and then I went back to stock. No, no. Then I tried Wind uh, McGrath bends. Yep. Then I ended up going back to stock. Yeah. Okay. And I'm kind of not tolerating it. They're comfy, but. Still, eh. but then when I got on Aiden's bike, he's tall. He was running high bend bars. Didn't even face him. See, I'm the opposite. Didn't I, even notice it. I need a low bend as really? a tall person. To, I need to open everything up. See, I need a low bar because I can't get over the bike. Yeah. But I think, and uh, Mosey was chatting about it when I was at BTF. <laughs> we make a, a bit of a laugh about it. Like you ride a triangle, right? The cockpit in on the YZ even as a short ass, just because that's probably for someone who's short, I would recommend sit if you're in the market, sit on every bike. Yeah, I do because it's something I didn't do. If you're buying a bike, it's you have every right to go into a dealership and sit on and it. sit on it. Because I remember when we when he put it on the stand, I think you were you were there. I said I gotta sit on this thing. And I sat on. It, I was like, oh, holy! Yeah. 
Because I didn't. I so you'd hate the cowie. Very. You sit in it. Uh, it's like a Harley. No, you sit on it. You sit very like it's very high. Marshall hated yeah, it. Yeah. See, but I like feeling high. Oh, okay. Right. Because when you're on, and they tr- they fixed it a little bit with the twenty three kVMs because the twenty two. You sit in them. You, yeah, you're in. So I think maybe for a taller rider, it's probably a good thing because then when you get up, you're not too high. But when I sat and then stood on the wires, that I was like. It's not hard for me to get in a good attack position because yep. it's just at a nice height. Yeah. Like straight away. Stop peg height, stop bar height, whatever the fuck, whatever Aiden was set up at. Yeah. I was like, yeah. That Feels pretty good. Yeah. And just sitting See, there, I was like, yeah, this is good. That's one thing, you know, with the cowrie, I'd almost think now you mention it, like seeing, I know, because I know you can put different peg, mm, peg mounts, yeah. change that. That would be an, actually an interesting thing because that's mm. one thing I thought about as well is like, because I've got quite long legs. Yeah. Like opening that up a little bit and trying to get a little bit more depth out of it. Yeah, if you lowered them maybe if you needed to. Because one thing I've always noticed is when I grip, and I think it's an ergo thing maybe, when I grip the bike on a Euro, like even my 22 bike and then the 23, my knees were still sort of on the airbox. Yeah. So that disconnect in my hips, you know, you like keep your hips loose to let your upper body work independently of your lower body. I couldn't, like, it was just super awkward to try and get that position, yeah, right? Yeah. The 23 kind of helped it, but then I got on the, the YZ and I could feel my knees were sort of actually at the seat. Where you wanted them to be. Yeah, where I wanted them. So then I could pivot at not just my hips, but my knees as well. And I think that's probably, it was probably a combined thing with the bike itself and then how I was on top of it yep. which helped me corner it which helped me go through different sections together and that's a new you know like we'll, we'll probably jump in and have a chat about pro motocross and stuff like that fairly shortly but you sort of look at the way modern bikes are being ridden and how modern mm. guys are being rid, uh, riding them it's it's one of those things you like the whole it, it's all changed mm. you know with this whole standing up thing so you've got to be comfortable you've got to be able to pivot you've got to be able to have mm. mechanical advantage over that motorcycle yeah. otherwise it'll always have advantage over yeah. you so that, that's, that's a big thing. So it'll be interesting to see once they set up, once you get the YZ, set it up for yourself. I'm curious to see what this KX is going to be like set up. Yeah, it'll, it's exciting. Because um, to go back on, like I was relating things to fighting, is that you have to end up fighting for how you're built yeah. biologically. Because like the martial arts is just leveraging what you have. Yes. You know, like I've... Bo- I've I think that's boxed. a metaphor for life. Almost. Yeah, man. Like I've kickboxed with guys that are six foot six and been fine. Yeah. And I'm five five. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd usually look at it like, oh, the tall guy's just going to just jab him out Not and keep him the on way. the outside. But I know how to get around that because I knew my body mechanics and I'm like, okay, I've got to do this. Yeah. So I think... Uh, motocross if you're not a fast dude like we're not fast dudes and we're hobby riders you kind of just can tend to accept like yep this is where i'm at yeah and this is how it's going to be but if you start to think like okay i'm short so i need to work with something that's going to help not hinder yes and i think just the way that wiser was set up i'm like oh shit like this is actually letting me move more like i was more disconnected uh, my lower body was more disconnected and yep. i could move more and it just yeah you've always got to work to what what you're given oh because you know i can go to the gym and put on 10 kilos but it ain't going into bone it's going into muscle so exactly i ain't right. getting any taller no no you've got to, you've got to work with what you've got and you know like i said it, it, it's an interesting thing so i think we'll head into pro motocross now because yes. it's been a couple of weeks quick thank you to shred um, bike care products they're coming on board as well as a as a major sponsor for garage 11 so 
We're going to be doing a lot of stuff with those boys. Like I said, Phoenix handlebars as well. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. So we're going to have all of those products available on the garage11.com website. So if you do want to check it out, we're definitely putting a lot of energy into the, the G11 website. So head over there. We've got a lot of parts happening. We're going to be running a sale very shortly. Um, seeing as though a lot of the hobbyist stuff now, the weather's getting better. Yeah. People, are, bikes are coming out. Mm. So if you're opening, exactly yeah. right. So if you're going to be servicing your bike, buy a couple of more than one service product. We'll give you 10% off the whole order. Um, so that's going to be starting up very shortly. So that'll be pretty cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, promo. Just a little plug as well while we're in the in yeah, the yep. plug space. Yep. Um, just in terms of if you guys are looking for a loan uh, for a car, you're yes. looking for a loan for your mortgages or a bike. You know, like fine, uh, bikes aren't cheap. So if you're in the market for finance and easy way finance, uh, easy way loans. So loans. if you we're a, we're a broker, so we'll find you what's best for yourself. Yep. Whether, you know, where your credit rating's at or what the best interest rate is for you. Yep. Um, you, not everyone has the time to go and shop It's a bit around. of a minefield as well. That Dude, stuff, it's a nightmare. In this I, I hate it. Industry. I hate it, um, ironically. But, you know, we, we've got people that are trained to, to find out what's best yep. for you. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's a loan. A loan's a loan. So if it's for a shed extension, a bike, a boat, yep. caravan, jet ski, house, doesn't matter. We can look after you. Um, and I think what we've based it around is that we're very people first. We're not here to just fleece you and make yep. money off you like a lot of people are. And you guys are ho- hobbyists within a lot of these stuff as well, you know, mm. bikes and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So you understand where that passion comes from exactly. for looking for that Exactly. Sort of stuff. So if you're in the market, just um, head, head to easywayloans.com.au. Yep. Um, or call the number that's on the website and, and reach out and just let let the team know that you're watching the podcast and you're listening to James ramble on about some shit. And look, if you do have any <laughs> questions coming through the Garage 11 Instagram, just hit us up. We can always put you guys yeah, in contact 100%. for sure. Like I said, the, the brands and the companies sort of work quite well together yeah. from a, a marketing point of view. And Vision, he's mm. running a graphics competition at the moment. He is. Now, you have to tag three people. Read the description. <laughs> to follow the page. You take three people and put it on your story. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, you ain't in the draw. You give me a chance to get another free kit. Full custom kit? Yes, full custom. So when he releases, it won't be full custom uh, off the bat. I don't think he okay. wants to do I think yep. he's going to have a range of different kits. You no, still but the, customize. The, the, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the prize but will be full custom. Is that like when custom. you purchase your own one, you'll have a range that you can customize yep. the graphics and whatnot. But this, this prize that he's doing is full custom. Yeah. Um, and you know we've we've actually we're gonna have the keys to our our setup in a Couple, two three weeks time yeah, yeah. and we'll be setting it up. So hopefully with a October sort of go live date, I think Marsh will be able to facilitate. If you're local, pop yep. in, sit down with him. Hundred percent. You know, run some ideas past him. Um, I'm excited for that, man. Anything that's custom that Marshall does, or anything that Marshall do, you know, I I back my boys. And um, I think the end of the one, so I think that's a crazy thing we we're sort of talking about today as well. You know, like a lot of the off- <laughs> so your Dyson, you don't have the camera on me. It's looking at your Dyson in my head. It was like, did you cash coat? Oh, <laughs> Dyson's fast, bro. Yeah, fuck, it's late now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing we were talking about today, you know, in my generation growing up, you didn't have custom kits. No, nah. and that's what he's been putting a lot of energy into is off the shelf stuff. It's a lot quicker. It's mm. a lot easier to get happening. You know, like you, you, and you're generally going to find something that you like. It your numbers on mm. there, your name on there, and you're offering yeah. it a run. And it's it's not like you um, you can't customize anything. It's just like you know your rivals in the SKD. There's a kit. Put a few logos on where yep. you want them. You name your number. Customize a little bit, but it's yeah. And off That's, you go. Because I think custom kits were they came in twenty fifteen. I think it was twenty fifteen. They kind of went boom, 
and yep. then stopped because I don't think people quite understand the time it takes and to do a full custom Some people kit. don't have the ability to, to voice yeah. what they're looking for, which yeah. is the bigger the hardest part yeah. of it too. You know, like you got to have that vision. Yeah, it, it's almost like marketing in a sense. Like we, um, you know, when you're, you're doing marketing or even sales to articulate what you are doing or what you want or what you believe or what you see, it's not as easy as no. people think it is. So, yeah, but the, the competition is running. Like the photo, follow the page, tag three people, whack it on your story. You know, support uh, a local dude who's who is just a dude. Like one thing that sets him apart from a lot of the other brands is he's just a dude. You're gonna get Marshall. Um, it's real, and he and he gives a shit about what he's doing. So. Oh, hundred percent. So it'll be good. All right, pro motocross. So we've had a couple of quiet weeks for motocross obviously we saw what we knew was going to happen with jet came in wrapped it up has done very well perfect season is obviously a very very forward point of topic at the Mm. moment um i think you know you can't say for sure because nothing's guaranteed in sport and in this sport especially this sport but i think you know you're going to be in in with a pretty good shot that he's going to probably wrap it up um as a perfect season um but like you said to me today he's already i could imagine he'd be already doing supercross getting stuff yeah. ready and i was going to start this topic with a rant that i've had on it. an earlier podcast Go. australian media oh, sucks oh dear he's he turned 20 six days ago yeah and he's won all the 250 titles you can imagine and he won a world title. He's not kicking a football, sorry, dude, so he doesn't really count. Dude, they even give a shit about the Matildas. Like, Yeah, dude. It's still a world stage sport. Like, he's... And the, the, the thing that pissed me off, and, and it's the reason I'm bringing it up, <laughs> you're laughing because my personality will do this. My Sicilian blood will just <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. Bubbity, boobity, bubbity. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that pissed me off, I was watching uh, Super Mega Duper Motocross YouTube channel put yep. out uh, Bubba's... Stuart sat down with the Lawrences and he asked a question. He goes, do you guys know, do you guys understand what you're doing? Because in the moto community, we're all like, yeah, dude, this guy's breaking fucking record. He's making up records at this yep. point. But w- no support here. No, nah, Z- There's no massive news story. There's nothing. Nah. Absolutely nothing. But then someone... In the AFL, train changes teams, and we've got to have a fucking public holiday. Yeah, like it, it's just it, it's where we're at, dude. That's oh, Australian my, culture I with that sort it. of stuff. I actually hate it, and I don't know how to do it, but I'm actually literally I'm gonna be that petty. I want to know, and I think you got to message the garage living thing. If I was to start one of those those stupid petitions that don't do anything about about yeah, about gonna getting. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen, but it's just like, it drives me nuts. Because then, what are you doing? It like The Americans have embraced them more than we have. Which is, which is great. At least they're getting embraced. There's somewhere. a little bit of a hot topic about American, Australian, Canadian, I think. That's because of, Steve Mathis is a douchebag. He's just a wanker. Oh, no. He's not going to watch this, but throw, Steve, throw come here. Throwing shade out. Send me location, brother. <laughs> like, he's just a Throwing shade out, big time. Yeah, it, that does my head in. But yeah, Steve, on that topic, because... Look, the Jet Lawrence thing, I don't even think we have to harp on about it. He's incredible. He's we doing he's he's he, and he's doing good stuff and you, and you look at uh, what he's able to do on a motorcycle and, and you know, it's interesting because you've got the whole Deegan side of things as well, which is something that I actually wanted to look at. Mm. We were, and it sort of segues into this whole 
this whole episode when we were talking about 250, 450, all that sort of stuff and how you have to ride 250s. We've seen two HRC bikes go bang, mm-hmm. or one this year. We had one last year, Jet I think. Last year, Jet I think last year. Blew up. Yep. Now we've had a, a Yami go bang. Now, are the guys getting too fast for the 250s, or the two, or the 250 design? They're having to rev them that much that they're now letting go. I, I don't know. I, I are the honestly, younger generation too fast for them? I don't. Do think we need so. a 350 instead of a 250 for that feeder category? No, because I'd rather see one two fives get raced. But um, me too. Yeah. But. I think with the two fifties, with technology comes advancements. But then with advancements comes mistakes. Yes. Like a good way to look at it is like with we have a software arm in our company, and like when we do a big change or enhancement, or oh, fix, it's a nightmare. There's always bugs. Yeah, like 100%. Always bugs. And I think they they're doing space age shit to those motors that. You know, how if you really look at it this way, how many laps on the track and test track do they do? And then, like, they probably go weeks without a bike blowing up on the test track doing 30 plus 2. And that's the thing. And then it just happens to happen at the worst time possible. And you're always going to find, and it's crazy, you know, your race bike's always going to be, your quality bike's always highly strung, Mm. if it's anything like cars. Your race cars are always reliable. Mm. Your practice bikes are always your old race bikes or mm. your old race engines. Yeah. So it's sort of, I, I don't know. I just feel like, are they spending too much time on the limiter? Do they need that little bit more torque down below? Or do they need, you know, are they a bike? It's a four-stroke. It's not like a two-stroke where it is designed to be yeah. on the limiter. There's I a think, lot you know, more you, moving components. But you look at the two people that had the, the engine, like this topic, Hunter and Hayden. Hunter doesn't ride like Hayden. No, he's not a limiter. Ba- he's riding it pretty hard, but like he's not a limiter basher. Like, yeah, I think that's a young bloke cold tires thing. Yeah. I think it is like that hole on the on the bopper. And you know what? And this is is a little bit of a different conversation, but I think that's going to hurt him in the same way Basha's style hurt his career. Yeah, hundred percent. It did. You know, like, and people forget because people have recency bias and they just see what they're looking at now. What Hayden's doing is maybe like a year earlier than what Barsha did on the 250. Yep. It's literally not that different. No. And he was that guy. He was just a just a dude revving the shit out of his bike, throwing massive whips and scrubs, and he was fast. He got on a 450. You cannot do that on a four unless your name's Eli Tomac, but even he's not like that. He's but you know, the, the crazy guy. thing is, and we've sort of spoken a little bit about this as well, I have in, you know, off air, but... You talk about whipping and limiters and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You've just got to go to your local track and watch your fast guys. <laughs> it always looks like they're overriding these things. During the biggest scrubs and turndowns and stuff, it just looks comical, right? Mm. Whereas you look at Jet. He's, <laughs> he's not, the most boring he's, dude on the planet to watch. Boring is fast. He's not on the limiter. He's not yeah. throwing it inside out, upside down, backwards. Entry speed, exit speed. Entry speed, exit speed. And Nothing else matters. And that's the thing. So... Jet set the stage. Fairy farting over breaking bumps, as Master would say. <laughs> and that's the thing. Jet has set the stage like Bubba did with scrubbing. But mm. Bubba was never scrubbing them. He would scrub them hard, but he wasn't turning them backwards around But he was out themselves. of necessity as well. Yeah, yeah. he was... And, and scrubbing's necessary. Like, it's not to say that Jet doesn't. But Jet, like, if you watch um, at Unadilla, they got, like, the sky shot. Like, that big old table. That Jimmy D, the fucking best dude in the world, was throwing massive whips on his 125. Like, you watch how Jet was approaching it. 
and then say how Barsha was approaching it. Yeah, totally. Barsha was throwing that thing and inside out, which is sick. But it's not efficient. No, nah, no. Nah. Physically, speed-wise, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Jet can do 30 plus 2 or 30 plus or whatever it is and have a sweat at the end of it. Mm. Whereas if you're overriding these things and whipping, because it takes a lot of energy to do that. I yeah. can imagine. Not that I can do it. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, it looks great for the gram, but it's not a fast way of going around. The, you're overriding the mm. motorcycle, so you're going to get reliability issues. You mm. can't win a championship if you're invoking reliability issues within your motorcycle because you're riding it a certain way. Mm. That's my I, I personal take there's, on there's it. There's ground for that, but I also just think, I think there's just fucking bad luck. I, and know? there's definitely a massive and, element of that too. And you too. think about like these, every, every motorsport, bikes are so highly strung. I think the sport that it probably doesn't happen in is MotoGP because how, how much faster can you make an up like a thousand cc motorcycle? But like, and the reason it doesn't happen as much in 450s is they don't work them. And there you go. Like, there it is. That's the thing. Like, in my opinion, and you've said it before, I would rather see a exhaust suspension go race. And I think that's where that's what we that's called parity. You let the manufacturer come up with the speed and set the standard. But then what happens to the consumer? The consumer get rockets. The consumer, yes, but we're already getting shit suspension because they're giving it to A graders out at Glen Helen to test and then sending it to Australia where it doesn't comply. Uh, but I'm just saying the motor. Like imagine, imagine like okay, so Honda goes, oh shit. Okay, so Yamaha's a fucking because the stock bikes, like what we buy, production bikes, there is a power difference between them. Like hundred percent, there is. Yeah. So. And, and manufacturers, if you're racing a stock bike, ain't going to do that. No. So here you go, right? It's be an arms race, World War One, all over again. So you you give the consumer... Yep, go for it, right? Then you give the consumer your power app, whatever it is, your, yeah. your plug-in dongle. An honest vet set, not uh, an American Glen Helen American vet, vet set. I used to race at Loretta's. Yeah, yeah, like I'm a vet, but I can do warp nine. Yeah. You have your pro setting, so you have those... You can spice her up. Yeah. Yeah. And the manufacturers, the teams can put their own maps in them. Don't get me wrong with them. Mm. But if you want to run it leaner, you got to risk blowing that thing up. Mm. So I truly believe the sport needs to be a pipe, suspension, a couple of bolt-on, like wheels and sponsorship-related yeah, yeah. stuff, stuff yeah. that the consumer can buy. Go for it, because mm. that would Look, that would fix a in, lot of these issues. All, all the internal like wild shit. It's like it's gonna happen. And then um, what's his name? Jet was talking about in that video I was telling you on the two fifty. He said like people didn't really. He goes, it's good to be challenging on the four fifty. That and on two fifty, it didn't really. He didn't have to push, but he had to fight with the Yamaha those star bikes because yeah. those star bikes were just those star bikes wild, are rocket ships. Wild. And then it's like it would be cool to see like no, nah, just make them stock whacking exhaust. And I think that you'd get better racing. Mm. You'd get far better racing. Do you remember when Cowie, when PC was the shit? Dude. First to fourth was all Cowie, and it was the bike. Like, that, uh, Have you watched? You would have, because it's your era. When they went from two-stroke to four-stroke, um, Mitch Payton had a guy, and I can't remember. Came from was, Porsche. was for transmissions, I think it was, or it was nah, for something. He came in, I'm trying to think what, what his name is now. He, he was, I think he worked for Rinaldi. He came from Porsche and then he, because Mitch knew, Mitch being Mitch, right? And he could foresee. Yeah. He could foresee where we're going, right? And he, he said there wasn't one-to-one. A 254 stroke isn't a, isn't a 125 two stroke. No. It doesn't work. So what he did is he got what he needed. He found the best guy he could mm. and got ahead of it. And he said to them, if 
you guys aren't going to put caps on these four strokes, I'm going to turn them into a single cylinder MotoGP bike. Mm. Exactly what he did. And they were the Tedesco's bike. All those bikes were the Dude. fastest bikes yeah. for years. Yeah. For years. Yeah, and that, that's the whole thing. It's like if you let the canister open, then holy shit. And that's what they did. The AMA and let then, the canister and open. And you know what it does too? Then your privateers have more of a shot. Yeah. Like we're going back on that conversation we've had a million times, but I just think it would be better. You know, like The how, purest how form of motor car racing is go-kart racing. Mm. It really is. Yeah. It's the best racing you'll ever because watch. It's just talent. It's pure talent. It's just talent. Take out the money. Mm. And that's the biggest issue with our sport now is the money. Yeah, 100%. And all you moto dads that are racing, you're all to blame because you're all <laughs> trying to outdo each other. Yeah, it's just the biggest dick measuring contest for your 4 100% it 50. is. My yeah. concreting company's doing six. So I'm just going to tip $400 million <laughs> into junior 65. Sorry, David Cruz Tune. But uh, that might hurt sales. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like that's, nah, that's what, what it mean. is though. Like, let's yeah. bring more honesty back into the sport. Mm. And Make that's a, a big thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think as well, it, it's just like for kids that are naturally talented but don't have the money. Like, And we've had this conversation, you know, at I think at like your, your regional things, it doesn't matter. But at like the Pro MX, like we've got Cal and it's like... You're racing dudes, it's just, their bikes are you're fucking never gonna rockets, win. dude. Well, not that you never, I hate to say that, but you know, like... No, but you think about it. So you don't like, have you the equipment to, to get there. You go to one thaggy, it's deep, it gets rutted, it's ripped up pretty deep, you're losing horsepower because you're on a 250, or even the 450s may lose a bit of horsepower. Then you're racing Caden Minio when he was in the MX3. That 250 ain't fucking... No. <laughs> Bro, then, then, no. What are you doing? You can't. No, and that's the thing. You you can't compete. But, you know, mm. the sport used to be a lot more pure. Everyone's always going to laugh because they always hear me talking about how it was used to used to be, used to be, used to be. But mm. used to be cheaper. Used mm. to be easier. You know, the two-stroke thing was a... It was an everyman sport. It was. It was, a, it was a, a very much a working-class sport, and it's very much not that now. Well, actually, I watched a, a TikTok uh, today, and it was about the average savings for an Australian. Oh, yeah. And it was the most confronting video oh, I've ever watched. Wild. It'd you be know, almost zero, wouldn't the it? The savings for, I think it was the age group of 45 to 54, like the median, not the average, the median, because averages get skewed by hyper earners. and then, Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so the median was about four and a half grand. So you got your four and a half grand, your kid's 16, you're going to put him on a 250 now. Yeah. So you haven't even got half the money to buy the bike. No, so you're financing it. Yep. And then... Easy way, though. No. no I, I, if you call up and you go, i got four million of savings and I'm trying to make my son pro, I'm going to be like, as a... As that's, a that's a liability a, right as, there. No, nah, but as one. an ethical person, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. like, I ain't doing that shit. Nah. I wouldn't even put the application through. But, um, like, your bikes are start Like, your 125s are 12 grand. They used to be a seven $8,000 bike Not back even. in the day. 250s were that much. Yeah, dude. Like, like it's, it's just... It's gotten to a point where it's just insanity. And then you go, okay, now I need to do this to the motor, do that to the motor, do this to the motor. Like, it's just... And for us, insane. it's different, you know, because we have... Like I said, we're vet set. So we we don't need motor. We just get yeah. bolt-on parts and make it yeah, handle yeah. like we want it I, to. My biggest thing is, like, suspension. Like, I, I don't mind spending on the suspension because it's you know how the bike handles and it's not going to affect the motor but if you're racing and you're at that level you need to touch the motor and that's just an endless endless money pit and then it goes yeah. bang you got to start again and because yeah. being a race motor there's no warranty because Pro MX is run by a bunch of monkeys then they go and have Aubrey Wodonga when the whole track's underwater and you blow up your bike yep. so great thank yeah, you very much fantastic yep. thanks I just used all my money getting from Victoria to Aubrey and yep. or from Queensland to Aubrey 
and now my wife. And a bit of a, a bit of a plug as well. Like we spoke about Elf. You know, Elf mm. do a more more than competitive than the others race fuel blend for about five dollars a litre. But the MA won't sanction it because it falls under some sort of weird rule that they all of a sudden didn't like. So yeah. you now got to spend sixteen dollars a litre on race yeah. fuel. Do you That's know what I mean? Insane. Like, there's no there's, there's no, no there's no win there for no. someone who wants to who's fast guys who don't have the financial resources. Mm. That your bigger guys do your HRCs, you, you know, yeah. your DAX and, and all yeah, that sort you, of stuff. If you watch, um, is it Darren Stapleton on the Gypsy podcast? He talks about living out of this van and like just the shit he has to do to race. And he's on a 250, so I honestly think a privateer in the 450 is better than a privateer in the 250. Because he's going to blow that thing up trying to get yeah, there. Yeah, and it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Even like him with the support he gets is still not enough. No, and it never will be unless you get no. unless you get paid. And then like you go, there's another extreme. You go to Europe where like there is no cap on what you do to a motorcycle. They're works so, bikes. They're proper bikes. Yeah, yeah. So like chassis can be different, swing arm can be different, yep. everything can be different. So then it's like, bro, you gate kept. Like you're yeah. never getting in. No, you should. They should. They they should be two different categories for yeah. that. They really should be. Like it's just it's too far. Like yeah. what they can do to bikes is wild. The eighties for what American was. Mm. That's what the eighties were those HR those works factory bikes, mm. your, your David Bailey bikes and all that sort of stuff. They were spaceships. They were works bikes. Yeah, they were spaceships. Shit. But yeah, anyway we, we've we've had this conversation yeah, and it'll, a million it'll, times. But what about Oz stuff? Oz stuff, so I actually Did Tanty go dinner? What was the go there? I can't I can't remember. I haven't got the notes on me but um the track, Queensland Motor Park got chewed up. Yep. Um, I think Crawford was on one that weekend. He was flying. Yep. He won the overall. Um, who won the... Dean? Did Dean Ferris win the overall? The 450? I think I he did. I... We're in Emerald, so I can't even double check. Cause no, we got no reception up yeah, here. <laughs> no. I think it was Ferris. Um, but yeah, so I think there's one more round or two more rounds to go. I think Tanty to... said that... I think it was like he... Because of his DNF... Um, it wasn't a thing. Like that's it. Like I it's think. Done. Yeah, I think it's done. Um, I could be totally wrong. Jed and um, Jed and Ferris are real close on points now. Yeah. For the rest of the season, for the last two rounds, um, Ferris I think has pipped him by a couple of points. For the yeah. Last okay. Two rounds, but it's not enough where like going into the last two you feel comfortable. So there's going to be some good racing. Um, yeah. So I've got to apologise because the Primex stuff. I was meant to watch last night and my daughter decided she didn't want to sleep. So then nah, by the time she fell asleep, I fell asleep. Too. That's quite so, all right. Um, MXGP yeah. was, was exciting. Siwa got the overall. I managed to watch that. So yep. Jeremy Siwa. Um, MXGP, I like the MXGP. I, froth I think it's GP. probably the better, one of the better, or probably... I'd see, when it comes to, when it's Supercross will always trump everything. Oh, absolutely. Because of the spectacle. But if it's, if I'm watching the... AMA Outdoors or the MXGP, I actually tend to lean towards the GP. You get more dynamic tracks, I think. Yes, as well. and that's that's the thing, and and it gets spoken about a fair bit by the riders. I think the way they've prepped the tracks this year in the Pro Motocross, it becomes very slot car racing type. There's Super, no passing. It's, nah, there's too many ruts. There's only one good rut or two good ruts. So like you're in front, you're in. I think front. that's a modern track thing though. The way we prep tracks, how fluffy they are, how groomed they are. They mm. they generally just yeah. You pick then, it inside and off you go. And because I think what happens in Europe. You race over two days, so you practice on the Saturday, and then you have a qualifying race. They don't groom it overnight. Perfect. So then if you're you a pro. Up, that's where you're at. You rock up, and it just gets progressively more cooked. Yeah. And I think that's just you have to find because the main line becomes unrideable. So you yeah. have to go different. Yeah, you got to be real lines. creative with your lines. 
And I think that's what probably helps at MX and Nations because there's so many motos going on, so much riding. They're used to the change. Yes. And I think being at Redbud, obviously, it helps the Americans. But I think this year's in France. Yeah. So... I don't know, guys. The Americans, they're not good outside of their own... No. Oh, no. They used to be back in the day, but I think... But where we're at now, not really. No, like I I said, track prep is a different thing. If you've watched a few years of the MHGP, the French tracks do not help the Yanks at all. They're very, very different to what they got in the Australia might even be in with a little bit of a... Dude, Aussies, it's just that third... We don't have a third man. It's It's that second 450 guy. Clout. Well, you know what... could be Clout, could be Tanty, could be Beaton, could be Mitch Evans, could be... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's tricky to pick. You just need someone there because you obviously know your, your Lawrence, they're the ones that are going to run the... Jets winning. <laughs> yeah. You've just got to be there as a good support and get the, yeah. get the position Because anything can happen. And I think the the nation with probably the most depth is France. Like, I, think so. I It's not the US. I think um, with the US, they've got... Tomac, if he's on, like if his if his Achilles is all good, but yep. I don't know. Then you've like got I Chase. said to you today though, Tomac's amazing when he's amazing, and when he's not, he's eighth. Mm. Like it's 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 very night yeah. and day with him. Actually, that's a good topic to touch on because just for those that are listening, this is a very unscripted uh, last minute bang up job. So I want to just talk on that because it's probably going to rustle a few feathers. I've had a, a couple of conversations with people about it. I so Tomac signed a two year deal. If his age hasn't completely caught up with him, which I don't think it has, I think his second year will be much better than next year. Yeah, I think so too because he, it, like you said to me today, it takes, we don't bounce like we used to at 30 plus. Well, I do on 23. Well, but, you do, but yeah. we don't. Yeah. Um, it hurts, yeah. you know, like, and that's a thing. And, and after you've been running for that long, is it, I don't know. And it's not, this isn't a broken collarbone. Like no, your Achilles a, is a big deal. It's a tendon. Yeah. And it's one of those that it's very fragile to heal. Um, and it's just, I don't know, when shit like that lets go, you know, how is the rest of his body tracking? But like Tomac's a doll. I love Tomac. Um, but I do think next year, I wouldn't expect him to go out and dominate because one, he's got a race jet. I think Chase is going to struggle next year yep on the KDM there'll be an adjustment year for sure 100% so I think I honestly think Jed will go and win Supercross but I think the second year Tomax in his contract he'll be better because he'll get back to fitness and if there's no more injuries he can go back to yeah to scary Tomac but I just think that first season back I don't know but then again it's Tomac man like, they're it's a professional athlete as well so you yeah. gotta you gotta look at that they're gonna be prepared for that yeah. and they have to be prepared it's just from from past record of, of athletes when you have a big injury later in your career you don't necessarily bounce back no the way you, you normally do and no. i hope he does man because you know if the changing of the guard has if, happened, if tuck sexton isn't sorting his shit out like i honestly think if tomac wasn't going to come back for next season he would have probably gone perfect in the supercross as well yeah because i just you know Ferrandez hasn't got it in supercross no AP hasn't got in Supercross. coming to AC hasn't got it in, in Supercross. Barja. Barja would probably be the next person to push him. Ando is... I honestly think he's getting worse on the Cali. Yeah, I think... I don't know what's going on there. I think the first year was like... You know when something The fresh like, change know, is as good as a stage. holiday. Yep. Yeah, and then... Uh, he's probably getting all those... Everything that was talked Tomac. about with Tomac. Yeah. I Bars. honestly think that's starting to yeah. happen. 
Um, I know now that fucking ball bag's not here, we can say it, but it'd be interesting to see what Coops is going to be like on that yummy. Because mm. I think Coops is not a slouch, but these guys are... Jets different, though. I, I, I think it's the Aussie in I think different. there's not a lot of guys coming. Like, years ago, we had mm. fucking a grid full of guys that were going to do something Dude, if wild. do yourself a favor, I think it's 2014. And, like, 2014 Daytona or 2015 Daytona. I was watching it a couple of weeks ago. And they had, like, the that sky footage on the, uh, on the starting gate. And it was fucked. There was, like... Barsha just moved up to a 450 for that round. Like, Barsha, Villapoto, Tomac, Dungey, Reed when he was on, Stewart, Canard. Like, first through 10, 15. We don't have a different field like we used to. Straight killers. Like, it was literally, I do not know who's going to win, and we'll find out soon. Here's an interesting theory, and we'll start to wrap this up, but Mm. here's an interesting theory now. We're losing depth of field. I know Mitch. He always says he struggles to find good rides and he's always been a very, very rich good agent feeding ground for speed at at Pro Circuit. Is the money thing that we're seeing bringing in guys that aren't winners but they've got the money to get there and the guys that are fast don't have the money to get there because we used to always see fast guys like Carmichael and all those guys that came from nothing. Parents had sold houses and everything to make it work. Jack's family, the Lawrence, a lot of them did. Absolutely, but they're, the, they're one or two kids, right, from one family. We're not seeing that big depth of field anymore because are we whittling away the speed I, in favour of you know the my money? Honest opinion, I think they get overworked as juniors because you have people like Jet Reynolds. Your fault, Moto Dads. <laughs> Moto Dads, and I think the industry in general. Jet Reynolds. Adam Ciancerullo, um All these prodigies. These dudes, they are fucking insane. Insane fast, but they get injured young yep. and they don't recover. The sport and is I, getting unhealthy. And I think, I think it's the amateur sort of progression thing is almost starting to cannibalize itself. Yes. Because if you look at Hayden, Hayden sort of peaked up at 15, 16 and then went pro like really quick. Yeah. Like, I don't see Hayden racing past the age of 29. Nope. You don't need to. I don't think he's going to be racing past the age of 25. Mm. So I think, I I honestly believe in that sense, I think the sport's cannibalizing itself a little bit because they want these kids to be prof- like act professional and have it as a job from like six years old. Yeah, dude. Dude, from six to, I'm 23. Just Did be I- a dirtbag and be fast about yeah. it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. You know, like, yeah, I just, I think it's, I genuinely think it's cannibalizing itself because there are, it's not the lack of talent. It's just, there's dudes that are getting to the 250 pro and they're just, their bodies are fucked. And it is. It's or bodies. they're just burnt out. It's either burnout or it's their bodies are cooked. Yep. You know, like look at someone like Faulkner, man. You got, it's not going to happen. And, but he had the speed to do it. Had the speed to do it, has been injured too much. You know, McAdoo's probably going that way. RJ, definitely gone that way. Yep. You know, he's crashed that many times and had that many serious injuries. We all know how old he is on a 250, but um, that's because of injuries. You know, you look at that field. Look, look at what happened to Cowie 250 last year. They had to get Chris Bloss because yep. everyone was dead. Yep. You know, like, look at Joe Shimoda. will probably be all right. Um, what's his name? Justin Cooper will be good. Like on a 450, I think the next gen, you're looking at those. But 
see, look at, um, say, Max Volan, for example. He was pushed too early. I think he still should be an amateur at the moment and then move up maybe. I just don't think he's got it. I think he does. You reckon? No, I definitely think he does. His old man. No, no, no. His old man was a no, no, no. I think he does because he's pulled motos out of his ass for his top five. He's yeah. got speed, but I think he's too young and you're putting him out there and he's like, what the fuck? But that I just think they should have waited. But there's plenty of talent. I just think it gets burnt out really quick. And then obviously you have outliers, right? Like you get the Lawrences, you get the Demons, you get that kind of shit. But there's not a lot of them. We used to have a far better, like it mm. used to be hell- rich. Every mm. year you'd have something. Well, dude, remember, like, you looked at um, PC, and, like, I'm young, so you got to correct me if I'm wrong. But there was a time where you had Rattray, Wilson, um, Villo, what's his name? Uh, he, he was either, he looked like a 50-year-old, 20-year-old. Um, Baggett. Yes. Yeah, Baggett. Like these fucking murderers. And that was that was one year. And that and was every, one team. Every year prior to that. that and then on Geico, you yeah. had probably Zach Osborne, Eli Tomek, um, yeah. Justin Barsha. Yep. You had all these That's killers. All come through now, and those guys are retiring. Mm. It's all. But what's next? Nothing. I just, I yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly think the sport's sort of cannibalizing itself with just how hard you push young people. It's going to go through a reset. It's got to. Mm. It has to. It's not sustainable. And you know what I fear Financially, a bit? physically, the whole lot. You know what I fear a little bit is that I think Jet will be the best and worst thing that ever happens to this sport. Yes. Because I think he's going to force the, the great reset for, super, for motocross and supercross because I think it's going to be him and Chase. Chase, when he goes to KDM, is going to be the death of his career. I'm not even kidding. Yep. I wholeheartedly believe that is the death of his career. And it's just going to be jet, 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 jet. People are going to get bored. Yep. And Carmichael was the same thing. But yeah. we had, in the Carmichael era, at the back end of his career, we had a Reed, we had Wyndham's, we had Shoes. We had all those guys that were fast. Mm. You know, we, we had guys that could sometimes get close. Mm. But, you know, Carmichael, obviously being him, was good. But... When Stu came up on a 252 stroke, he had mm, something. He, he was landing on Carmichael. He was mm. there was doing there was shit going on all over the place, mm. but you still had that key moment from the weekend to talk about or to mm. look forward in Racer X. But now it's I just it's in a weird spot. I think it's in a weird spot. I'm not the biggest motocross fan I've been at the moment. Mm. I'm a fan of obviously the entirety of it, but as a motocross mm. fan, I I'm not massive at the minute. I think the there was like a rollover thing, you know, when it went from um, Carmichael that rolled into Stewart, which rolled into Villo, which rolled into Dungey, which rolled into... To- so there was never like this short pocket of like heaps of dominance. I mean, mind you, Villo went three years straight. And- Villo was fast, but Villo was also kept in check. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So I just think now... You got Tomac, who's just a fucking Fruit Loop, Chase and Jet, and then there's a big gap, and then there's the rest of them. And but the scary thing is the rest of those dudes are not exactly young, like what builds out the rest from five to twenty. They're not necessarily young, and like you know, in another two years, Barsha will be gone. Yep. Um, Anderson will be gone. Tomac will be gone. Um, Wilson. Wilson will be gone. There'll be a lot of dudes gone. It'll become more of a... I think it's going to naturally reset. I think you'll find that the guys will Mm. fall away and you'll get your privateers. You know the other thing? I think 
I want to sound like an old fart, but I think social media is sort of killing the. Social media's killed everything. But it, it kills the excitement. Like I remember, um, it's a serotonin and, sucker. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I think, because um, I, even I was young and I was in it, but you know when Barsha and Tomac were on Geico, you're like, holy shit, like these dudes are nuts. But then there's Dean Wilson, and it's like, oof. But see, with and social then, media, we get it immediately. Yeah, but you. There's but no I know, excitement to I know read the magazine. Because, what's his name? Borma on Orange Brigade is coming up, and Daxton Banks coming up, and then it, so then what happens is then when they go pro you see them shit because they're too young and by the time they're decent you're like oh yeah it's about time yeah and you you just you know too much yep like there's no excitement we used to get race we had to read magazines i didn't yeah so you had to read magazines i didn't have fox sports because i'm a wog and we're tight asses so then i had to wait for someone to post a youtube video i went to youtube watch the race didn't have any idea who won it because like i don't know instagram wasn't as big yeah. Um, but I used to go to YouTube, watch it, and be like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it was exciting. But now it's like, yeah, I saw. Now I open the ground, I'm like, "Oh yeah, sick." Cool I just stuff. saw, yeah. So Chase was riding at Kahila or fucking somewhere in SoCal, and he's doing training, and then this happened at training, and this person's training, and this person's doing this. So you know, I think too much. Yes, we all we know way too much. Yeah, absolutely think, way too much. I think much. that's probably why we we probably feel like there's not going to be this next wave because. We didn't see the wave coming before. No. Like, I didn't know what Tomac and Barsha were doing when they were amateurs. No. They just appeared at Geico, and you're like, these holy guys. shit, they're yeah, fast. These guys. But, like, they've been around for ages. Yeah. Everyone oh. in the in like in the inns of racing in the US probably knew, like, yes. from years ago. Like, did you hear him on the podium, like, Tomac rode with fucking Webb since he was three. But, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know Loretta's. Ricky used to ride with MC when MC was on Honda. Mm-hmm. Like years ago, as a kid, like so, it's it, it's crazy. But the sport is definitely in a weird space. But I think that's probably a good point to wrap it up. Yeah, I think it's been a good podcast. We've definitely, like I said, the last few podcast episodes we've had to be pretty light on our feet. Yep. Um, I think next week we're going to have a full full house, full house, which will be good. Uh, maybe, maybe because I'm going to the snow next week. Oh, you are week, too. We'll figure that out when we get. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But once again, guys, thank you for listening in. It's been possibly. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Um, it's been been really good. You know, we've, we've obviously touched on a few cool things that we've experienced this week. Um, like I said, big thanks to everyone that helps bring this together. Mm-hmm. All our sponsors, Shred, Phoenix, Motul, Pirelli, Elf, High Flow, Bolt, anyone that I've forgotten, thank you. Um, <laughs> Heatwave, Visuals. There's a lot of cool stuff going on at the moment with mm-hmm. both um, Vision Concepts, Garage 11, and Easy Way. So it'll be really good. Stick around, guys. Keep watching on our socials. Check out the Garage 11 website if you're looking for parts and anything like that. Head over to the Vision Concepts Instagram page. Have a look at what Marshall's got going on there. Enter the competition. Read the description. <laughs> if you want money, hit up Gozo. <laughs> That's how it's done. I mean, I'm not a big loan dude, so I don't know the ins and outs of it, but definitely Easy Way yeah, for a lot up. of that sort of financing in the and stuff like that alone and just let them know that you know um you've heard you know me just pretend you know me personally if you do know me personally tell me you know me personally and we'll, we'll, we'll get on to you really quick um but yeah that's that's all your personal loans mortgages the whole lot yeah perfect that'll be good all right guys thank you very much it's been great and we will catch you next time beautiful thank you guys